to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? I'm Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and the hosts of Am I Doing This Right? A life how-to podcast from the perspective of non-experts. And each week we cover a new topic and we drink a new beverage. And Corinne has the gigs. I have the giggles. I don't know why. Every time Natalie talks, I start laughing. Um, And this week we are talking how to sleep better. Maybe if I got better sleep, I wouldn't have the giggles right now. Oh my God, I got the worst night's sleep. I know, I did too. And we're going to be talking about why we sleep, which is very interesting, you guys. Very interesting. The different phases of sleep and how to sleep better because we need our girlies to be rested to feel their best yeah and at the end of the episode you guys we are playing recent obsessions Mm -hmm. and you guys know that you can always write into the show with episode requests at am i doing this right pod at gmail.com or you can dm us at am i doing this right pod and this one was written in by one of our friends it was sometimes we put a little instagram sticker on the stories and we're like what do you want to hear what do you want to hear she said how to sleep better she's like Tell me. We were like, say less. Say less. Say less. Natalie, I actually have the drinky of the day. Um, <laughs> it looks crazy. It looks like it's going to taste like chapstick. You know? Well, we're going to f- really find out. Today we have, for our drink of the week, the Calypso Southern Peach Lemonade. With real lemon bits. Oh, I wonder if it's British. Because you know they called they call pulped uh, bits. Bits. Oh, it's from, it's from Mil- Milwaukee. So Did I say Wisconsin? Wisconsin. It's Milwaukee. Okay, let's... Oh, it's a taste of the islands, even though it's <laughs> from Southern Peach Lemonade from Milwaukee. The branding is a little off. The I more south it. you go, the sweeter the peaches get. That sounds... Okay, but this sexual. is... This is a... that This is a gecko on a beach. So confused. Is, is it a gecko or is it? Oh, no, it is. I think it's a gecko. If that's true, why stop at the south? Keep going. I say straight down to the islands. But if you end up sipping a southern peach with a penguin, stop. You've gone too far. <laughs> All right. Well, Calypso, a taste of the islands. <laughs> Do you want to know something? Yeah, I saw the giggles. <laughs> Something actually kind of morbid and dark. Oh, yes, please. That I just realized. Sure. So every time I'm driving here, I pass the Peterson Auto Museum. Yeah. You know the the big red and silver building. Yeah. And every time I pass by it, I'm like, something happened here. Like, there was some historical thing that happened here. I just don't know what it is. So then today, I was at that stoplight, Mm -hmm. Wilshire and Fairfax. And I'm like, I'm just going to look it up. What happened at the corner of Wilshire and Fairfax? That's where Biggie was shot. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know. He was shot at the Peterson Auto Auto Museum. Why? That's a great question. Like, why was he shot? Why was he there? Was it a museum at the time? Was he visiting a museum? It was an after Grammys party or something. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's where he was shot. How far apart was Biggie and Tupac? Not very long. It was like the time where people getting shot and killed. yeah. Damn. As if that's not now. (laughs) True. Right. But I guess there's no more, like, beefs. Like, well, I can't say that. Well, now every time you drive by, you're going to be like, "Hmm, this is where Biggie was shot. I am going to think that every time I drive past there. It's across from the the Academy Museum. It is across from the Academy Museum. And also across from this little coffee shop that I can't tell 
It looks it, like a strip club. I can't figure out what it is. I think it doesn't exist I, anymore. There's like a the giant burger. painting of Bernie Sanders on the side. <laughs> oh. And it's called like Bernie's Coffee Shop. Oh, there's like that hamburger place that I don't, I never know what it is. That's the same place. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm like, is it open? Is it closed? There's, why is Bernie Sanders on it? I have no idea. Anyways, that's a weird triangle of things. <laughs> it is. <laughs> How crazy. Pretty crazy. Okay, well, I think we we both need more sleep in our lives. We did do that bedtime routines episode a while back, and it was very popular. But I think we need to actually understand what sleep is. Yeah. The science. Mm-hmm. We love science behind sleep, how much sleep we actually need based on our REM cycles, the whole nine. So I think we should get into it, and um, let's talk about some facts about sleep. Let's get into it. So 35% of all adults in the United States report sleeping for less than seven hours per night on average. About half of all Americans say they feel sleepy during the day, anywhere from three to seven times a week. Yeah, I feel sleepy right now. Me too. Damn. I will also say, though, in our defense, recently daylight savings time. Dude, okay, that actually really did affect me. It went by— Same. Went back one hour. I And know. I'm like, huh? I you know, know I go to bed at 9 p.m., and so I'm like, now I'm going to bed at 8. I'm confused. It's light out when it's oh. at night. It's dark in the morning. It has thrown me. Okay, next. Women typically report poorer quality and more disrupted sleep across various life stages than men. That I have so many things to say about that. Men really put their head on the pillow and fall asleep. I fall asleep. I'm bothered. Like, what? Unbothered. <laughs> 2% to 9% of adults are affected by obstructive sleep apnea. That's so scary. It's literally when you stop breathing. I know. My dad has it. (gasps) Does he have to wear a little machine? Yeah. He has to wear a mask at night, like Darth Vader. Oh, my god. Otherwise, I guess he just stops breathing. And a last little fact here. In America, 70% of adults report that they obtain insufficient sleep at least one night a month, and 11% report insufficient sleep every night. Okay. That seems low. 70% report bad sleep one night a month? How is that not 100%? At least That's one right? night? People without anxiety disorders. So there's 30% of people without anxiety. Or they just live their life yeah. and sleep perfectly every night. That's Probably. insane to me. I can't think of anything crazier. All dudes. They're all men. <laughs> Put their head on Men the without anxiety disorders. <laughs> wow. Can really. Okay. okay, but here's the crazy thing. Why do we sleep? Yeah, well, actually, scientists simply don't know for sure, which is wild to me. That's so crazy. In broad terms, researchers believe it is to enable our bodies and especially our brains to recover. According to Harvard, although it is difficult to answer the question, why do we sleep, scientists have developed several theories that together may help explain why we spend a third of our lives sleeping. The first theory being the inactive theory. So this is one of the earliest theories of sleep, sometimes called the adaptive or evolutionary theory, suggests that inactivity at night is an adaptation that served a survival function by keeping organisms out of harm's way at times when they would be particularly 
vulnerable. So the theory suggests that animals that were able to stay still and quiet during these periods of vulnerability had an advantage over other animals that remained active. These animals did not have accidents during activities in the dark, for example, and were not killed by predators. So literally the theory is that we would be so still and quiet that we wouldn't get eaten. Oh, we'd be so still and quiet that we basically like made our brains just like turn off for a yeah. while. As opposed to, like, if we were, like, up at night, like, walking around, doing shit, like, yeah. then, like, a saber-toothed tiger was going to come and, like, yeah. eat us. Makes sense. Another theory is the energy conservation theory. Although it may be less apparent to people living in societies in which food sources are plentiful, one of the strongest factors in natural selection is competition for and effective utilization of energy resources. The energy conservation theory suggests that the primary function of sleep is to reduce an individual's energy demand and expenditure during part of the day or night, especially at times when it is least efficient to search for food. Which would make sense. It's night. You can't see shit. But off that theory, we don't get energy from sleeping. This is the thing that really has me fucked up. We don't get energy from sleeping. We get energy from calories in food. Right. So what this theory is saying is that we don't want to waste calories from our food at night when we can't have a lower chance of finding food. Right. More food. Right. So it's like, let's, again, let's just stay still. Conserve not energy. But then I'm like, that doesn't make any sense because we would have grown out of that. Because we now food is readily available. And also, if I don't, if I don't eat, of course I'm going to be like tired and not have energy. But if I don't sleep, I am down for the count. Yeah. You could, I wonder, well. Maybe because it's just like a double lack of. Yeah. You haven't eaten and you ha- the energy that you had stored up also gone. I don't know. I don't know. Well, there is another theory. Let's get into it. That's the restorative. Restor- restorative? Restorative. Restorative theory. So another explanation for why we sleep is based on the long-held belief that sleep in some way serves to restore what is lost in the body while we are awake. The most striking of these is that animals deprived entirely of sleep lose all immune function and die in just a matter of weeks. This is further supported by findings that many of the major restorative functions in the body, like muscle growth, tissue repair, protein synthesis, and growth hormone release occur mostly or in some cases only during sleep. So basically, if we're not repairing our bodies, they're just going to disintegrate. Why does it repair at night? Mystery of the universe. Here's another theory. The brain plasticity theory. One of the most recent and compelling explanations for why we sleep is based on findings that sleep is correlated to changes in the structure and organization of the brain. This phenomenon, known as brain plasticity, is not entirely understood, but its connection to sleep has several critical implications. Jeez. So, you guys, to say all that, we don't know why we sleep. We don't really know. And why I we think sleep. there's some conspiracy behind it. And I think there's something that we can really get behind. And I think we need to make shirts that say, why do we sleep? We need answers. That's from Harvard, you guys. That that stuff that we just read, I didn't get that off some willy-nilly no. website. That That's Harvard. from Harvard. Well, you know what we think. We think we're getting plugged in we're, back We're getting <laughs> plugged back in to something. I think the ready player one up in our simulation. I think it's the snack break. Beep like, boop, we've we've been bop. playing this game, The Sims, for too long. Yeah, they just put us to sleep. Yeah. Like, and then they're like, oh, we'll come get you later. 
I, yeah, we but we want to talk to our players because we're like, hey, why am I waking the fuck up? Right? Can you just let me, like, let me sleep? Maybe they're on, like, um, teams and they need to keep their, like, uh, you know, you have to, like, keep your mouth, you have to shake your mouse to uh-huh. kind of keep it on. Oh. Maybe Ugh. they're kind of doing that. They kind of shook the mouse and then that's when I woke up. Last night I woke yeah, up at like, 4 o'clock it. and I'm like, God damn it. Took me People a while. People listening to this like, what the fuck are they talking about? They're like, about? these two girls need a It's help. a simulation theory. Look it up. Yeah, that's a simulation theory. Oh, yeah, and the final theory <laughs> is the, the simulation, simulation theory. theory. <laughs> and we made that one up. <laughs> All right, well, how much sleep do we actually need, according to the science? Well, healthy adults need at least seven hours of sleep per 24 hours. Babies, children, and teens need even more sleep to enable growth and development. So do not hate on your teenager if they're sleeping in until 1 or 2 p.m. Because they're growing. They're growing, boy. They it. So even if we don't know exactly why we sleep, we do know that it is important. So what happens if we don't sleep? All-night study sessions, important business deals, new babies. Most people will experience a taste of sleep deprivation at some point in your life. While an occasional lack of sleep may not seem like a big deal, its impact can be intense and its effects can linger. And if you make it a habit, not sleeping enough can have severe consequences on your health. Sleep deficiency is linked to many chronic health problems, including heart disease, kidney disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, stroke, obesity, and depression. The consequences of sleep deprivation at 24 hours are comparable to the cognitive impairment of somebody with a blood alcohol content of 0.1%. So drunk driving. Yeah. Which is crazy. But I kind of knew that. I feel like they taught us that in driving school. They were like sleeping or sometimes they have them on the amber alert things like driving tired is the same as driving drunk oh i never seen seen those but no like seriously like it has the same effects yes it can interfere with work school driving social functioning you might oh this was me in high school trouble learning you're so fucking tired i'm so tired i was like i can't and i had math first period Oh, no. Give me a break. The one good thing about my school is we had a rotating schedule. So it it sucked to keep up with, but you would never, your class time would move down one every day so that you were never, you would never be stuck with math at 8 a.m. You'd have it at 8 a.m. one day, but the next day you'd have it at 9, then you'd have it at 10. So that they weren't seeing kids at the same time. Every single day. So you had a better chance. Yeah. That was a good thing, my school. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, you can't focus. You can't re- you can't react. Also, you might find it hard to judge other people's emotions and reactions. Sleep deficiency can also make you feel frustrated, cranky, or worried in social situations. Anxious. Depressed. What can it make cranky, you feel? Frustrated. <laughs> I get very sharp when I'm tired. I do, too. Irritable. Irritable. Yes. Irritable. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about the stages of sleep because there are actually four stages that make up a REM cycle. So the first stage, this is the transition from wakefulness to sleep. So during the stage, you may experience drowsiness and drifting in and out of sleep. Brain waves become slower and your muscles begin to relax. This stage typically lasts for a few minutes and you can be woken up easily. I'm waking Joe up at this time all the time. Hey, so um, anyways. He's like, (gasps) yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right, so stage two is the light sleep stage where brain waves continue to slow down and your body temperature and heart rate decrease. Your body prepares for deep sleep and you become less aware of your surroundings. This stage typically lasts for about 
20 minutes. I wonder if this is the fall. It, which one's the falling part? Is it stage one or stage oh. two? You, like when you think you're falling and you yeah. like twitch? Yeah. Oh, man. I wonder. Well, stage three, this is the beginning of deep sleep, also known as slow wave or delta wave sleep. Brain waves slow down even further and it becomes difficult to wake you up. This stage is important for physical restoration and the body performs repairs and regenerates tissues during this stage. And then finally, we've got stage four. This is the deepest stage of sleep, also known as rapid eye movement or REM sleep. This is when most of our dreaming occurs. Breathing becomes irregular and brain waves become more active, resembling those of wakefulness. Your muscles become paralyzed during the stage, which prevents you from acting out your dreams. And that really freaks me out that you become paralyzed in your sleep. It doesn't because I've experienced it before, but I have sleep paralysis. If anyone else has sleep paralysis, let me know. But REM is also crucial for emotional restoration and memory consolidation. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, the four stages of sleep cycle through several times during a typical night's sleep. The first cycle usually lasts for about 90 minutes, with each subsequent cycle lasting longer. The amount of time spent in each stage of sleep varies throughout the night, with more time spent in deep sleep earlier in the night and more time spent in REM later in the night. That's why you can remember your dreams sometimes because you're dreaming towards the end of the night and not in the beginning of the night. Well, it's also interesting because sometimes I wake up, like I have a dream and I'm like, whoa, actually this happened to me last night. I was having a dream. I woke up and it was like six. And I never have that at like midnight. No. I'm also not asleep at midnight. Well, we're we're working. We're working on it though. Okay, but which of these stages is most important? Well, you might think that it's REM, but the most important sleep stage is actually stage three, which is non-REM or delta, aka slow wave sleep. So like we said previously, this is the stage where we heal and restore. This is also the stage of sleep where you can sleep through an earthquake or a thunderstorm. No, not not a woman. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, I have definitely slept through earthquakes. I've never. Really? Mm-mm. <laughs> I have. Um, <laughs> if they're light. But if we do get disrupted during stage three sleep, we're far more likely to feel grumpy and very disoriented, at least for the first five minutes or so. Having said that, some scientists say it can take up to 30 minutes to recover from a disrupted stage three sleep. Wow. Don't wake up. Don't poke a sleeping bear. You know the episode where I was woken up by all the screeches? Yeah. And couldn't figure out what was happening? I think I was in stage three because I was so disoriented. Like, uh, <laughs> that makes like, sense if you're going to bed is, past 12 and it was at like 2 a.m. What is up? What is down? <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. So we've got the stages. Now, how many full REM cycles should we aim for a night? So we are always told to aim for eight hours, but more specifically, you want to aim for five full cycles. Given that each cycle is about 90 minutes, this would be about seven and a half hours of sleep. So for example, let's say you need to wake at 6 a.m. to get ready for work, counting back seven and a half hours, your ideal bedtime is 10.30 p.m., That means lights out in bed, ready for sleep at that time. This bedtime calculation is a starting point that may need some adjustment as individual sleep cycles vary in their duration. Actually, I'm going to look right now. I'm very curious. Because so I wear a little Fitbit and it tells me, so last night, 
You get great sleep. No. Well, you get a lot of sleep. Look at last night. I didn't even get my freaking, I only got 49 minutes of deep sleep last night. That's why I'm so tired. <sighs> I got five and six hours of light sleep, 51 minutes of REM. But you can see, like, it has my so, little goals. So your stage three sleep was only. That's the range I'm supposed to be in. I'm over here. But what, how many minutes was it? I got 49 minutes of deep 49 sleep. 49 minutes of stage three and then 50-something minutes of stage four. Of REM. Very interesting. I know, but it's really cool. It's really hard to track this, honestly, if you don't have, like, a, like a, right. like a health tracker. Right. I, I mean, don't know I guess, how you're going to know how much deep sleep you got. Right. I mean, I guess if you're if you're tracking it in, like, 90-minute cycles, I guess you can kind of experiment with what time you wake up. Because if you wake up at a certain time and you're like, I'm so exhausted and disoriented and, like, I hate my life, then you're waking up during a stage three and you need to readjust your time. Totally. You got to wake up during that four or one, I guess. Yes. So try your new bedtime for a week and monitor how you feel in the morning, like you just uh-huh. said. The goal is to wake naturally about five to 10 minutes ahead of your alarm. So if you find yourself waking significantly ahead of your alarm, move your bedtime slightly later. If after a week you're sleeping through to your alarm, you need to shift your bedtime earlier. Do so in 15-minute increments until you're waking naturally just before your alarm. That's where I'm at. I do wake up right before my alarm, about 15 minutes before. (gasps) Nailed it. My alarm goes off at 7, and I wake up about 6.45. Oh, wow. Nailed it. But if you're always tired when you wake up, there is a good chance it's because your alarm is going off when you're in stage 3 sleep, like you Mm -hmm. just said. So try to address your schedule where you'd want to be waking up during stage 1. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. Yes. It's the same stage that you went to sleep in. Yeah. You drift off, you drift back in. Yes, before you go down into the, the next cycle. Right, right. So what are some other tips to help us sleep better at night if maybe this tracking and the and the cycles is a bit much? Yes, all right. So you can hack your circadian rhythm. Your body has a natural timekeeping clock known as your circadian rhythm. It affects your brain, body, and hormones helping you stay awake and telling your body when it's time to sleep. Natural sunlight or bright light during the day helps keep your circadian rhythm healthy. This improves daytime energy as well as nighttime sleep quality and duration. So get natural sunlight first thing in the morning to jumpstart your circadian rhythm, then limit blue light exposure at night to begin melatonin production. Blue light is the light that is on your smartphone, your TV, computers, all of that, and it reduces the production of melatonin. And you can do this, you can reduce that by wearing blue block glasses. Yes. Everybody's seen those. Yeah, yeah. The blue light You can get them in any style you want. You sure can. You can stop looking at screens two hours before bed, like... Corinda's with her reading. Life. I don't do two hours. I stopped looking at it in an two hour. Two hours is insane. Two hours is insane. I would never, but I do probably do about 45 minutes. That's before bed, still great. Because I read. Right. You can also install an app that blocks blue light on your smartphone. They are available for iPhones and Android models. Also, if you go back to our oh, or the nighttime, our routine. nighttime routine, we go through how you can change the setting on your phone. Yeah. To switch it to red light. Yes. Which I had for a while, and then my willpower took over, and I was like, oh, fuck this red light. Man. I need to see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, another tip. 
for helping you to sleep better at night is to not consume caffeine late in the day, you guys. Mm. Tisk, tisk, tisk. And one study consuming caffeine up to six hours before bed significantly worsened sleep quality quality. Caffeine can stay elevated in your blood for <laughs> you're not only um, <laughs> <Yawning>. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're tired as shit. Um, but caffeine can stay elevated in your blood for six to eight hours. Therefore, drinking large amounts of coffee after three to four PM is not recommended. Especially if you're sensitive to caffeine like me. Okay, next tip is to keep a consistent sleep schedule. This one's really hard, okay? Your body's circadian rhythm functions on a set loop, aligning itself with sunrise and sunset. So being consistent with your sleep and waking times can aid long-term sweet Sweet quality. Sweet quality. Sweet quality. Long-term sleep quality. One study noted that participants who had irregular sleeping patterns and went to bed late on the weekends reported poor sleep. I will say with the consistent sleep schedule, I have been so good, but it it is hard when you have a life on the weekends. Like, I go to bed at 9. If I'm out past that, I'm fucked. No. I'm fucked. I'm going to New York this weekend. I'm going to be out late with friends. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, and then there's time. If you travel, time changes. It's like, it I is mean, hard. It's yeah. so hard. Ugh. But another thing you can do <laughs> is you can optimize your bedroom environment. Many people believe that the bedroom environment and its setup are key factors in getting a good night's sleep. The best sleep environment is an area that's cool, dark, and quiet with a comfortable space to lie down in. For most people, the best temperature for sleep is approximately 65 to 68 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, bedroom temperature can have a major impact on your sleep. That's why you might find it harder to sleep in a cold room or during the hot summer months when heat waves can cause higher nighttime temperatures. Yeah. Natalie and I are so tired. She keeps looking over me and laughing. <laughs> I'm like rubbing my eyes and yeah, like staring off. You're like, like over. You're like, oh my god. Well, this actually happened to me. Anyone who's been jolted awake by a sudden loud sound understands that disrupting effect noise can have on sleep. The science research aligns, indicating that too much noise puts a damper on quality rest. I love my little sound machine. Uh, but last night, it was raining so hard that I woke up. That isn't, that's like the sound I literally choose on my, like, nighttime thing. I'm like, rain, heavy rain. I listen to a storm. There's, like, there's like clashing, um, whatever, thunder. Yeah, but it's probably, like, lulling. This was, like, <laughs> and I'm just like, what the fuck? And then I'm up, and then I can't go back to sleep, and then I'm having weird dreams. That's a whole goddamn thing. Well, another thing you can do to help your sleep is to include physical activity in your daytime routine. Regular physical activity can help promote better sleep. However, avoid being active too close to bedtime. Wow. Also, spending time outside every day might be helpful too. Getting Get some sun sunlight. in the morning. Take your dog out. Just sit outside with a little sunbathing. Uh-huh. Do what you gotta do. Do what you gotta do. You also gotta manage your stress. Try to resolve your worries or concerns before bedtime. Jot down what's on your mind and then set it aside for tomorrow. Stress management might help. So start with the basics like getting organized, setting priorities and delegating tasks. Do a little meditation to ease your anxiety. You got to just take a bubbly bath. Yeah. Manage that stress. Another thing that will help you sleep better is to reserve your 
bed for sleep and sex only. If you have a comfortable bed, you may be tempted to hang out there while doing all kinds of activities, but this can actually cause problems at bedtime. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. I was trying to hide myself. Did you see me trying to hide? Yeah, I did. <laughs> okay, the reason you want to keep your bed for sleep and sex only is because you want to have a strong mental association between your bed and sleep. So you can't be watching TV, can't be scrolling on TikTok, none of that. You can read. But oh. you know what? I love when you stay in a, I know we've talked about this and how it's like you cannot have a TV in your bedroom. But when you stay in a hotel room with a TV. Oh, it's so fun. Oh my God, it's so fun. And finally... Winding down. Wind down for at least 30 minutes. It's much easier to doze off smoothly if you are at ease. So quiet reading, low-impact stretching, listening to soothing music, relaxation exercises. Those are all examples of ways to get in the right frame of mind. For sleep. And Natalie and I were off to bed. Not like I have to pack for five hours tonight. Not like I've got a full work day after this. (laughs) (sighs) Well, we hope you guys learned more about sleep, the different phases of sleep, and how to sleep better at night. And Natalie and I will be taking our own uh, medicine, and we will. Natalie looks so tired. (laughs) I have, like, black holes under my eyes. I'm like, huh? (laughs) Okay. um, So let's circle back on the Calypso Southern Peach Lemonade. The Southern Peach Lemonade with real lemon bits. Yeah, that's not a British brand, um, but from Wisconsin. from Wisconsin to our hottie of the week, which is Elle Fanning. Who I guess who is Elle Fanning? Slipping Beauty, because she was a live action Sleeping Beauty. I don't think I ever saw that. I did saw a trailer for it. Saw anything about? Are we sure she was? Yeah, you know what? It, you know what it is though. Did it come out during the, the pandemic? No, it's it's Maleficent. Oh. It's actually that story oh. is Sleeping Beauty, but they made yes. it from her point of view. Oh, with Angelina Jolie. Jolie. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see that either. But no, I now never this saw is, it. But this is making Yeah, sense there now. wasn't like a Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, I'm She like, was Sleeping Beauty in that. that. Yeah, it's Maleficent. Um, okay, one to Al Fanning. What are we thinking for the Calypso Southern Peach Lemonade? You're like a three, four. <sighs> You have the unsweetened version. I have the sweetened version. No, mine's sweet, but it's like fake sweet. Oh, you know, it's that diabetes version. Yeah, I'd give it a four. Four? Yeah. Three and a half? It's, you know what it is? It's something that you would get at a gas station. No, no, no. It's something that you would get at a family reunion, at a water park. Totally. Like a picnic family reunion at a water park. Totally. This is what's in the ice chest. Totally. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. You know what it kind of reminds me of? What? Remember Sobe? Yes, it's exactly like Sobe. Yeah. But Sobe was like a tea. Was it? Yeah, it was tea. Had the little lizard on the side. Yeah. Yeah, it was a tea. It was like an Arizona tea, but it had this flavor for sure. I feel like there were other, there were weird, there was like a white Sobe. Really? Yeah, that's fucked up. <laughs> Where did Sobe go? <laughs> anyway. All right, this is the part of the episode where we play a little wrap-up game, and this week it's Recent Obsessions. Recent Obsessions. Ooh, I have mine. What is yours? I want to hear yours first. My recent obsession has been a Netflix show Ooh. titled 
Married at first sight. <gasps> you were talking about this the other day. I Okay, let me tell you. I have a lot of issues with the show. So okay. it's actually a lifetime show that they I, have syndicated to Netflix. Each episode is an hour and 15 minutes. Oh, okay. When I tell you that the episodes can be 20 minutes long. So there's so much in, in the middle of it that I take my my remotes in my hand the whole time. And I, I can watch just about three, four skim. episodes because I just skim, stop, skim, stop. But the concept is so insane. And these people literally meet each other when they're walking down the aisle. And then they have to go on their honeymoon that next day. So, but, but the guys are always GTF. How, let me just say that. <laughs> but how do they get paired? So they do the casting pro- process is also a matchmaking process, right? So there's this couple that got matched that I can't. It's so specific. They're very unique individuals. They're creatives. The guy is a theater writer. He's also a pedicab driver. He's oh. also a like a expressive arts man. Right? Very unique and individual. And a billionaire. No, very unique individual. <laughs> and then he got matched with this woman who's a doctor, but she's also um, like a ukulele player. And she's all like creative. And then she came down the aisle. She had a bird's nest in her hair, an actual bird's nest. Like she took a bird's nest, put it in there with like a fake figurine bird. And he thought that was the most beautiful thing he'd ever seen in his life. And I'm like, you guys are destined to be together. So have they spoken prior no, to this wedding? Never. They've never seen a picture. They've never spoken to this person. Mm -mm. They simply trust the casting director. Yep. And their whole families are there. Sometimes their families don't show up. Sometimes, like, the mom and dad don't come. But most of the time, they and they have a full-blown wedding. What what do you think is the draw? Like, is it—do they get paid? Mm, I think they do get paid. Um, There's been, like, questioned um, motives. Like, some people are like, are you here just for the camera? It's like, are you really in Right, for the fame. Right. So that has happened with a few couples. The fame of married at first sight down a lifetime. But really, it's all, like, people in their 30s. I would say late 20s to mid to late 30s. And it's people who are like, I'm I'm over it. Sick of the apps. I'm sick of the apps. I'm sick. I can't find anybody. I'd rather just show up and walk down the aisle. Hey, it's going to be me pretty soon. (laughs) After the foot fetish guy, I was like, come on. I was on a good streak, and then I got the foot fetish guy, and I thought, I'm going to take a break. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then after eight weeks, you reevaluate if you want to actually get married or you want to get a divorce. So they have eight weeks, and they put them in a, a little apartment together, and they move in. So their wedding's not the actual wedding. No, they're legally married. Oh, but they can annul it after six weeks? I don't know. Just the structure of the show Uh is that you're trying to get to decision day, which is week eight of being married, and then you decide, do you want to get a divorce or do you want to stay married? Wow. And what's the rate, do you think? Mm, I would say, so there's five couples. Uh I would say one to two out of of the five stay together. And then one of them, like, I, I found them on Instagram. They had a they have a baby now. They've been together for, like, three years. That's like and it's a, totally worked out. There's a couple of those. Um, 90 Day Fiancés? No. Oh, well. <laughs> some of those. No. Who was, what was the show where um, they couldn't see each other? Oh, Love is Blind. Love is Blind. It's the same There's odds. a couple of those who are still together real Except cute. Except for that, at least you date. You get to know the person. Yeah. This is, I'm not kidding, walking down the aisle. And you see them for the first time. That they do do a good job. Like, everyone is, like, pretty conveniently attractive. Like. They're not, like, super weird. Well, well, the the one couple that I would even describe as weird are perfectly matched for each other. Right. 
So it's not like a stark difference where you're like, this man and this woman would never know. But it's just, it's so interesting because the honeymoon, the entire time the guys are like, when am I going to fuck? Right, And the women are like, I literally don't know you. (laughs) I met you. 30 they're minutes like, ago. Mm, not today. And then, like, at the end of the interviews, they're like, ooh, maybe tonight. And they're like, they wake up in the morning like, it didn't happen. No, it wasn't tonight. <laughs> it's like, well, you've got, you've got the rest of your life now. Yeah. It's just so funny. Oh, my God. Anyways, so if you want something absolutely trash, marry it at first sight. I think I'll have to because, you know, I, I used to watch 90 Day Fiance on my dad's Xfinity, but I no longer have access to that. Oh. <laughs> so, I'm out of 90 Day Fiancés. Married at first sight is basically the same thing. <laughs> basically the same thing. Um, okay, so my recent obsession, I've always loved this, but I tend to forget about it until it pops up again on like a Twitter feed or something, and I'm like, oh my God, I forgot how obsessed I am with this. Videos of Ben Affleck speaking Spanish. I've never seen that. They are the most entertaining thing. <laughs> he speaks Spanish? Oh, this man speaks full-blown Spanish. It's, oh, no. Do you want to play a clip? I would love to play Let's a clip. Let's play a clip for the listener. Oh, yeah. Are you okay. bringing one up? Oh, yeah, yeah. Should I What should I go on Twitter? Just go on YouTube. Really, anywhere. Google, Twitter. Ben Affleck speaking Spanish. Oh, here it is. Ben Affleck speaking Spanish. There's several videos, and I okay, just love them all. Oh, wait, that's not him. Oh, wait. Okay, here we go. This is him. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> Natalie. <laughs> You know what this is reminding me of. Rachel Dolezal? <laughs> Maybe you don't. One of my exes oh. is... Honestly, this is a lot better than that. And I don't ever want to shame people. Right. But somebody well, that, Ben did grow up in T- Tijuana. Oh, okay. Well, yes. this makes so much worse. Because I'm yes. like, he actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, anyways, I dated someone who was very, very, very white, but was fluent in Spanish. Yeah. And... The accent translation, <laughs> I'd be like, holy. Like, honestly, I know you could speak Spanish, but you shouldn't. But maybe you it just, just sounds racist. Just type it out. The <laughs> way in out. which you're pronouncing everything sounds racist. <laughs> and it was so embarrassing. Yeah. Um, but no, this is okay. He's like, not bad. I he, love- he speaks very like, you know, yeah. like it's very. Well, you know what's so interesting that I realized the other day? Oh, so him and, you know what? I bet you he speaks Spanish and J-Lo does it. He does. He speaks way more Spanish than J-Lo does. Like, actually. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Ben Affleck, the <laughs> Bostonian. He grew up in Tijuana? I know. Or Boston. Both. I think he was in Tijuana until he was like 10. The greatest brand deal of all time was Ben Affleck and, and Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> that was so smart. Honestly. Honestly. Yeah, but oh, I love watching videos with Ben Affleck speaking. Oh my Spanish. gosh. Wow. Thank you for unlocking that new um obsession for us. Yeah. I, I hope everybody Googles a couple videos. I definitely am going to. Yeah. All right, you guys. Well, we hope you guys sleep better. We hope you guys feel better. We're gonna we're gonna lay our ass down. Is what we're gonna do. We're gonna do that. We're gonna except for I have to go pack for five hours. Anyways, <sighs> but we love you guys, and we'll be back next week with another episode. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. <laughs>